the Queen signed Canada's Constitution, I was a little girl standing with the enormous crowds at our nation's capital, which is Ottawa. <laughs> now, the Queen and Prince Philip, <laughs> they had just arrived to Canada from the Bahamas. And straight towards me coming was this tall, bronzed, dashing prince. I was clearly smitten, just as I am with my own prince today, of course. <laughs> but I was, with everyone there, I recall, I was so caught up in this moment just like so many of us are today in the company of a celebrity. Now, when we last saw Jesus, he had just climbed into a boat because so many had actually gathered that they began to push Jesus and his followers along the water's edge. He had become a celebrity, revered, of course, beyond that which he would have wanted, driving out demons and healing, People were tweeting away, who's this guy anyway? Did you get a selfie? What power this man has? Well, the disciples, they too were caught up in their teacher's celebrity. I can only imagine these fellas quiet delight and joy when their master said to them, hey guys, come on. Let's go over to the other side. Yes! We got them all to ourselves. This is going to be so awesome. Awesome optics for us. So, hey guys, let's take our time launching out. And as they made their way across the Sea of Galilee, we know a great storm blew up with a wrath, not unlike our own country has seen in recent times, the wind started to blow, the waves began to rise and fill their boat with water. It was about to sink. They were terrified. And they thought they were going to drown. Now that's exactly how Rick and I felt all about a minute after we moved to this wonderful country. It was November the 18th. We had made here for us a, a, a small and a, a lovely tribe of new friends. We found a fabulous school for our son, a, a lovely home. When a trip to the pediatrician resulted in Nate being rushed to a hospital in Baltimore within the hour. Now, Rick was on business somewhere in a place called Virginia, and I had to figure out how to get to this hospital that had a bunch of letters for its name. Anyway, we all ended up in the hospital room together where Nate was receiving 
life-giving insulin. And as we began to finally understand this diagnosis, some autoimmune disease called type 1 diabetes, waves filled our boat. We began to sink. A great storm was brewing. We didn't even know there was a weather advisory in effect. But you never do, do you? A stroke just before retirement. An empty chair at graduation. Being told, It's cancer. No longer being able to drive. An injury that impedes a future in sports, that first holiday without one whom we have held so dear. The end of a marriage the son or daughter whose future has been destroyed because of addiction. I know very well that most of you have had days, seasons, like November the 18th. And I also know that even if you have not, up until this point, lived such a time as November 18th, you're gonna. You will. How do I know? Because we're living and we're breathing beings. And bad things happen to good people. A minister in New York City shared with those of us gathered at a conference many years ago her experience of spending the night of September 11th, 2001 at the home of one of her elders who had not come home from work that day. And his wife and six-year-old son and a very close circle of family and friends we're keeping vigil, as so many had that night, living in hope that their loved one was simply lost somewhere. Anyway, the little fellow was sitting on his pastor's lap when he said to her, Daddy's not coming home, is he? No, he may not come home, replied the pastor. Daddy died? Yes, she said. Daddy may very well be with Jesus tonight. I knew it. He said, 
Daddy could never get lost. We could never get lost in the storms of life. And this is exactly what Jesus endeavors to make known to his disciples. This is the other side of life that he must ensure they encounter and through which they can understand that they are equipped through faith to face. Jesus knew for his followers that it wouldn't always be crowds and letting the good times roll. It will be, at some point, isolation. It will, at some point, be despair. It will, at some point, be persecution. Storms blow in. And the winds and the waves will come to sink our ship. And we need to be ready to rest on the deepest faith we can possess. In Christ, we are never, ever, 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 ever left to drown. In Christ, we are never left to drown. Now, this is the first of two storms that are described by Mark in his gospel. And the second, when Jesus saw what was happening in the middle of the lake, he came to the disciples. How did he come? He walked on the water. And that's the gospel writer's way of saying that God is the one with power enough to walk over that which is causing us to capsize. He walks on the water, into the storm, and he conquers that which causes us to be afraid. He orders the wind and the waves to settle down. And they do. But sometimes we just gotta reach for our own buckets, don't we? We reach for our own buckets. Do you call them buckets here or pails? Whatever. We reach for them to bail ourselves out of our tossing boats. Now, I'm ever inspired by African-American preaching, and I was so blessed to attend a homiletics festival in Atlanta some years ago, and the preacher preached, we all have our tombs. Lord knows we dwell in those tombs, don't we? Oh, yes. And we, and we put a big old wheel boot under the stone in front of those tombs. Ain't no way that stone's going to be rolled away. We's in our tomb. 
We've been put in this tomb. We're going to stay in this tomb. We're going to, well, we're going to put the kettle on. We're going to make ourselves some muffins, and we are going to just stay in our tomb. Why, we might even raise the roof on our tomb. We might renovate our tomb. But I tell you, I'll tell you one thing now. Jesus ain't coming in. Mm-mm. He ain't coming in. He ain't coming into our tomb. And we can make it as comfortable and as fancy as we'd like, but Jesus, he ain't coming in. Why, our Lord didn't stay in his own tomb. What makes us think he's going to come into ours? Now, about the second or the third day in the hospital with our son, we began to see that what we were experiencing was such a small part of what was ahead for the three beers. Every, everything, everything in the bigger picture was filled with all that we could ever want for our son, except, of course, a functioning pancreas. But there's a pump for that. Now, I did choose for quite a time to dwell in the tomb of despair and anger and sadness. I built a very good tomb for myself, and it was also complete with a Keurig, so I was surviving quite well, thank you very much. As a family, we definitely felt further down than we ever had before. But gradually, day by day, bit by bit, things began to change. Why is this? Because God sees the storm. He climbed into our boat, and he sees us on the other side, and he walks across the water, and as he arrives, he calms the wind, and he brings the precious gift of hope. Yes, we entered into a new normal in our life together, but there were still playdates and karate and sports and homework and more homework. There were first crushes and amazing medical research and care. And there are belly laughs. And there's always that great glass of wine with my mom friends. And there's this place. There's this blessed congregation that we're coming to know as an extended family who's been to the other side where storms would seek to overturn 
and yet has revealed to us a ministry that reminds us that just like the disciples, we're all in the same boat with the same Christ. And you know, friends, you do this really well. A. You do this really well. And I'd say, actually, that this is your strength in this consumerist culture that invests in belonging to something. You got it going on. Through prayers, phone calls, emails, letters, cards, flowers, invitations to be together, a ministry that does not stop at the doors to this church. You have a ministry that knows no borders. Ugh. The one who climbs into the boat with us and has known great storms himself is with you. The one who stands outside, outside the tombs we make for ourselves and leads us to wholeness is with us. Accept God's call for you to continue to be the presence of Jesus in the storms. Walk across the water to those who need your help, calm down the waves with humor, hope, knowledge, perspective, and prayer. Climb into the boat to carry the crosses and to bear those burdens that everyone must bear and endure. Bring about green pastures, and still the troubled waters in Jesus' name restore the soul and bring comfort so that we shall fear no evil. And friends, on the other side, may you see God always standing on the shoreline Whatever that may be, whatever that shoreline may be for you this morning, and whatever may be happening to you and those dearest to you, may you know, may you know his power to calm the waves and that nothing can ever separate us from his love and that we dwell in his presence forever. Amen.